Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. All HBC podcasts can be found on Spotify or Facebook under Hillside Baptist Chapel. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at Wood. 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. Okay, good morning, everybody. Let you get a seat and we'll get started with our service. We're very thankful that you're able to be here. I know some of you are having to make some sacrifices to be able to come and be with us, and we're very thankful that you're doing that. We're going to open our services this morning with uh, a word of prayer, and so I'll ask uh, Regan McDaniel, if he will, to lead us in our opening prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to appear and attend your house this morning, dear Lord, and just thank you for the pastor that that you've sent our way, and just continue to bless him and Wanda. And dear Lord, this morning during the service, have the Holy Spirit among the congregation, convicting hearts, and everyone should pay attention to, to the words and that the pastor brings. And we thank in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, our first song this morning is Standing on the Promises. You can't sit down and sing this song, can you? Let's stand. <laughs> Standing on the promises of Christ my King Through eternal ages let His praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God my Savior Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God Standing on the promises I cannot fall Listening every moment to the Spirit's call Resting in my Savior as my all in all Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing, standing promises of Christ my Savior standing standing I'm standing on the promises of God all right uh, I want to recognize Frank now for our updates on our prayer concerns. And uh, by the way, does anybody know what uh, uh, today's date is? Yes. Amen. 9-11. And um, I think that this ought to remind us how fragile life is. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, so uh, 9-11-01 
was when the towers came down and the Pentagon was, uh, they tried to destroy it. And uh, so during this time when we're involved with the coronavirus, we need to take time and stop and remember what happened not that many years ago. Frank? Morning, everyone. I really don't have any updates other than uh, the 9-11. I was thinking about that last night. And um, I bet you everybody here can remember exactly what he was doing when that hit. I know it was like, it was 8.36 in the morning in New York time, uh, flight uh, 11, I believe. And about 17, 18 minutes later, the other plane came in on the South Tower. So uh, yeah, we have a lot. I think maybe tonight we should all say a prayer for the, for the people that lost people, for the people that was affected, which was basically everybody. But uh, yeah, that was 19 years ago, believe it or not. Wow. Seemed like it was last week. Okay, that's all I got. Well, thank you guys. All right, we're ready to sing again, aren't we? I Will Run to You is our next song. If you'd like to stand, you may. See? 
Turn with me this morning, if you would, to the book of Philippians. And we're going to be looking at chapter 2, beginning at verse 12 for our scripture reading. And we're going to be looking at a race today. How many of you took track and field when you were in high school or college? Any of you? Track and field? Well, I did. <laughs> in my little school, we, had, uh, we ran track. But uh, anyway, uh, our field didn't look quite like the one behind me. But we can get the idea of a race about to start, can't we? As we look at this particular picture behind me. And think of that now as we read these verses of Scripture. Therefore, my dear friend... As you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good promise. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault and a warped and crooked generation. Then you will them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that we can get the analogy of a race to be run, something that's needed in our lives. Help us as we look at these scriptures and as we think about the things that you're calling us to do and how you want us to perform the things that are before us. Thank you for our church. And Father, we pray that we will be able to meet on Saturday next week instead of Friday. And we hope and pray that many more will come and join us as we do because we know that these that are coming have had to make sacrifices and some are not here today because they can't be here on a weekday. And I pray that you'd open the way for us to meet again on the weekend. And Father, that just real soon we'll be able to meet again on Sunday, on the Lord's Day. And again, Father, we ask that your blessings would be upon each one that's here. Help us to honor you. Be with those that are listening to our podcast this Sunday. And I pray that your blessings would be upon them as well. And we ask that we would see your blessings on our church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We were going through the all-too-frequent ritual of standing by an airport luggage carousel, waiting for our two gold bags to appear. Ours were 
we didn't see very many other bags that looked like ours. And uh, so uh, it was fairly easy for us to say, oh, there's our bags coming. Well, the carousel hadn't even started yet. And we were standing there and waiting. You know how the alarm goes off. And we haven't done that in a long time. Well, we've been in lockdown here, haven't we? And we're going to see that happen, I hope, uh, before too long. And some of you are already looking at your tickets thinking, oh, this time they're not going to cancel them. And I hope they don't. But I don't work for Hot on America Cruise Lines anymore either. And we used to take some trips with them, and we'd have to stand by the uh, luggage carousel waiting for our luggage to come out at, at that time, too. But anyway, as we were waiting that particular time, now think about it just a minute with me. The monotony was broken for just a moment by a real cute scene. Here came one of those big luggage carts. You know what I'm talking about. They look a little bit like a grocery basket without the basket on it. <laughs> but here this one came, and this real little boy was pushing it. Or at least he thought he was. It was actually his dad that was making it go. He, his dad was standing and his hands were above him. The little boy was looking through the cart. He didn't even know his dad was there, I don't think. He thought he was doing this. But the dad was keeping the, the cart in line, keeping the cart going at a steady pace. But this little boy was there walking with that cart, thinking that he was doing it. He was about a fourth the size of that cart. You know, that reminded me of what we're looking at today in my message. The little boy thought he was pushing the cart. He thought he was doing it. Our scripture text tells us today it's not us. From Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 13 again, would you? Notice it says, it is God. Let us stop there for just a moment. It's God. It's God who does it for us. It's us that think we're doing it ourselves as we serve God. Now he goes on to say, who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now what is he doing, acting in our lives? Fulfilling his good purpose. Now it looks like us doing it. Just like that little boy, in his eyes, he was doing it. It looks like us doing it. It's you doing the music. It's you doing the serving. It's you doing the encouraging, the leading, the speaking, the singing. Doesn't it look like you're the one doing it? 
No. It's God. It's God doing it. And as we say no to temptation, as we say yes to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, aren't we tempted to pat ourselves on the back and say, oh, look how good I'm doing. But even that, it's God's power that lives within us to triumph over sin. To not yield to temptation. Now, Jesus illustrated this by the grapevine. I wrote my doctoral thesis on John chapter 15. And if you've read that, you know that it's, it's about the grapes. Or rather, it's about not the grapes, but the vine. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Now, the grapes look like they're coming from the branches, don't they? You, you look at a grapevine. I don't know whether you've ever been around grapes growing or not. But a, as you look at that vine, you would say, oh, those branches are producing grapes. But you cut those grapes off of that vine even leaving the branches, you see how many grapes you get. Where is the energy? Where is the strength? Where is the ability coming from? It's not the branches. I am the vine. You are the branches. The fruit is what we bear, he said. And so we have to be connected to the vine in order for us to do anything for God. We have to be connected to Him. The grapes would not be produced without the vine producing them. Now, life in Jesus Christ is like that. Anything you become, anything you've done, anything that's a spiritual victory for you in your life, accomplishments that, that we made, it might look like we've won great victories. But it wasn't really you doing it. It was God. God doing something through you to produce fruit. Now Jesus puts it bluntly here in this vine story in John chapter 15. That verse 5, the last part of it says, Apart from me you can do, what does it say, everything? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing that matters, nothing that lasts, nothing that's life-changing. Jesus 
is ultimately like that father, you remember, on the luggage cart, pushing, giving the energy, giving everything that was needed for that cart to produce what was needed for it to move, for it to stay straight, for it to accomplish its purpose of getting the bags from one place to another. We're just down here. <laughs> Get the picture? And, and we're pushing. Don't get me wrong. We're pushing. But it's God that's accomplishing it. It's not us. Now, there are actually two attitudes that just aren't acceptable in this analogy. We've hinted at one of them already. The patting ourselves on the back. Boy, aren't I really doing something. Aren't I accomplishing great things for God? That's pride. After spiritual victory, our pride is fantasy land. It's not us. It's God. And who should receive the glory? Not us, but God. God says in Isaiah 48, verse 11, I will not yield my glory to another. All the praise belongs to Him. Now the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 14 about this very thing. He said here, May I never boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Now let us think about that analogy for just a moment. Let's think about the cross that he's talking about there. Did you know that when people speak of the critical point of the issue or the crux of the matter, you, you've heard that haven't heard it used too much, but we've heard that. They're inadvertently talking about the cross of Christ. It's derived from the Latin crux. The crux of the matter, meaning the cross. The cross is the central part of all that God is doing. From beginning... In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Until the very end, in the last words of the book of Revelation, the central part of that, the whole framework of all that God is doing, is the cross. Am I right? And the uh, Apostle Paul is, is talking about that cross as he gives this analogy. He says, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, that cross is the heart of our Christian work. Am I right? And it's also the heart of the opposition to the Christian work 
Because these individuals are against the cross of Christ. They speak against it. They condemn it. They even try to deny it, don't they? And say that it didn't happen. It's not real. But it was at the cross. We sing that song, don't we? On that cross, Jesus defeated Satan. The Bible says, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This should do away with pride. The Apostle Paul say, said, may I never boast except in the cross. May I never boast. It's at the cross that we must be crucified. Did you notice the wording of the Apostle Paul as he talked about this? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's Galatians 2.20. Our old self was crucified with him. As we accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, at that moment, our sins were nailed to the cross, right? At that moment... And we're crucified with Him. Now we need to consider ourselves as crucified with Him. This, this is the difference, you see. We were, if we're saved, we were crucified with Him by believing, by accepting, by trusting in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We were crucified with Him. But we have to reckon ourselves. We have to count ourselves as being nailed to that cross and taking us out of the way to allow God to work in our lives. Crucifixion is exceedingly painful. It was for Jesus as he laid himself down to down that cross. And he did, didn't he? He laid himself down. It, no one took his life from him. He yielded himself to allow that crucifixion. And it was painful. And as we are crucified spiritually, as, as we count ourselves as being crucified with Him, it's painful. It means a, a total identification with Christ. Now, we'd rather glory in earthly things. We'd rather glory in, in the things that are around us. The things that we see, the things that, that maybe we think we've accomplished. But it's better to glory, as the Apostle Paul did, in the cross where we're crucified into the world. Remember Rick Warren's first book, The Purpose Driven Life? And he talked in that, that it's all about him and not about us.
And that's what we're talking about today, isn't it? Now, remember I said there were, there were two different motivations as we look at this that are wrong. The first one is pride that we've, we've dealt with quite a bit this morning. But then there's almost the flip side to that. A second unacceptable attitude, a polar opposite of pride. And that is the paralyzing sense of inadequacy that keeps many individuals from doing anything for God. It keeps them from listening to the Lord. It keeps them from working for Him, from accepting assignments that God would have them to do. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As we take our inadequacies, and, and we are inadequate, and don't get me wrong, we probably need to see ourselves as inadequate. That we might see Him as all adequate. Able to accomplish anything in our lives. You say, well Lord, there's, there's just not enough of me to do it. You know, as that little boy might have <coughs> looked around and he saw that big cart and he might have gotten his mind I can't do this you know I don't see him ever having that attitude do you but as we look at the enormity of the challenge before us and the things that need to be done sometimes we say Lord I just can't do that I remember when I was called to a church in Tampa, Florida. It's a larger church than I'd ever pastored before. And I remember having the thought of inadequacy. I can't do this. But the more that we realize that we can't do it, the more that we can allow God to do it through us. It's not me. It's God. It's not my ability. It's God's ability. It's not my thinking. It's God's thinking. It's not God's to make me less than what He's called me to be. If He called me to do it, He's going to enable me to do what it is He's called me to do. Do I have an amen on that? This little boy that we talked about at the very beginning was able to do so much more than what he could have done had it not been for his father's help. And that's the way it is with me. That's the way it is with you. We're able to do enormously more than all we're able to ask or think because of the power that is work with, uh, at work within us because of our Heavenly Father because of His strength He keeps pushing that cart 
and we keep giving our little bit in it as well. We keep walking. And that heavy load is going to be moved. Whatever it is that God has asked from us, whatever it is that He wants us to do, no, we're not able. But He is. And He is able to enable us to accomplish those great things for Him. Now, it may be today that I'm talking to somebody that, that doesn't even know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. My message has been to those that know Him this morning. But if you don't know Him, you need to come to know Him today. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I'd like to show you this morning from the Word of God what you need to do that you might have this salvation, that you might be able to be a child of God, that you might be able to have a home in heaven, that you might be able to have your sins forgiven. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you and His family. And if you're not, today is the time that God has made for you to do that. Father, we thank you today that we have the privilege of being in your family, being your child, and depending on you. And Father, if there are decisions that are needed here today, maybe from some of your people, or maybe it's somebody that doesn't know you, and they need to come to know you. Maybe somebody listening to our podcast this morning that understands their need of your salvation and Father, I would pray that they would contact me or one of our other members and they would let them know that they need to be saved. And that we might be able to show them through the Word of God what you tell us that we need to do in order to be your child. Now again, Father, we pray your blessings upon our church and on each individual. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, trust and obey is our final song. Let us stand. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. with us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey not a burden we bear not a sorrow
trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. What we never can prove, the delights of His love, until all on the altar we sit at his feet, or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go, never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other Thank you again for being here with us today. And uh, Bob, would you lead us in our closing prayer, please? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could come together and worship you. We ask that you guide and direct us, give us an opportunity by our actions and our words to witness, to bring others to Jesus Christ. We thank you for this church. Bless it and bless the members and help us to grow. We ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com. This concludes the HBC Weekly Podcast. Please join us every Sunday for our HBC Cyber Service. Hillside Baptist Chapel has moved right next to Chopsticks in Alto Bocchetti. This new location seems perfect for our growing church. The hours will be as follows. Bible study, 9.45 a.m. and worship at 11 a.m. Thank you and God bless.